Good morning. We continue our series called The Church. We are in week two, and today we are going to be talking about, uh, in my humble opinion, what may be the most important aspect of church, what may be the most important foundational piece of church. And so we want you to to, to pay attention to that today. We are going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, now, a key to any successful relationship, as you all know, is communication. You have to be able to communicate with the other party in that relationship, whatever it may be, whether it's a spouse or a friend or a boss or a teacher-student relationship, whatever it may be, you have to be able to communicate with one another in order for there to be growth, in order for our relationships to be strengthened. Also, being able to tell somebody what you want, what you need, and what you're thankful for empowers you as a person, uh, knowing that you'll be able to speak and that you'll be able, that the person on the other side will listen to you. Uh, it just shows you that you're a valued entity in that relationship. As Christians, we communicate with God through prayer, and it's a vital part of our relationship. It's a major function of the church, and it's a major function of the church to facilitate prayer. I think that it's something that we don't do enough. I think it's something that we need to make more important within these walls and within the walls of our home. And so, please, if you have never listened to something I have said before and you don't plan on listening to anything after today, listen to today. Okay, let's listen to today. 1 Timothy 2, 1-4 through says, I urge you then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So there's a lot to unpack here. I'm not even going to be focusing necessarily on the second half of it that talks about praying for a country's leadership because that will be a touchy subject and it's not that I'm afraid of it. It's just that in itself is an entire sermon and what we're going to be talking about today in itself is an entire sermon. The first thing that I need us all to know is this, that prayer is foundational for our church. Prayer is foundational for the church. Notice in the scripture, as Paul's writing to Timothy, he says, I urge you then first of all, I urge you first, the very first thing that you must do is offer up prayer, is to pray. Okay, is to pray. It's the very first thing. Our first priority as a church, as people, should be to pray. I think that it's the first thing that we should do when we wake up in the morning. It's the last thing that we should do before we go to sleep. And it should never end at any time in between. And we'll talk all about that. But prayer is the most important thing that we can possibly do. In fact, I'd say that uh, it's God's will for us. He desires it. It's what he wants. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. This is the verse that a lot of you would know as it's saying, Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for you in Christ Jesus that besides always being, rejo- always being a person of joy, rejoicing, and always giving thanks in all circumstances, no matter what, that we pray without ceasing, that we pray continually. It's God's will for us. He desires it. It's what he wants. It's what we are supposed to do. James 4.2 says, You desire, but you do not have, so you kill You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. How many of us would say, there's so many things I want in life that I just don't have, but I pray about them all the time? 
Now, if it's not for just pure selfish gain, I would argue that if it's something that you are praying for continually, fervently, daily, that God is going to bless you with an answer to that request. But we do not have because we do not ask. It's part of God's, Jesus' prayer, right, that he teaches us. Matthew 6, 11, give us our daily bread. God seeks to supply our daily needs. If we have a need, we are to pray about it. We are to pray about it, not complain about it, not hope we get it, not try to finagle away into receiving it. We are supposed to pray about it. We're supposed to go to God about those things. Not once, but fervently, all the time, every day. It's a foundation for our relationship. It's the means that we use to communicate with God. It's the means that we use to communicate with Jesus. It's the means that we use to communicate with the Spirit. We must pray and do so constantly. Ultimately, and this is the ultimate question, how can God lead a church or God lead people if we don't have any connection to God? Prayer is that connection to God. So many times in life, I know I've been there, I would say that a few of you have been there too, we feel like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing right now. I'm kind of directionless, I, I, I just need answers. How many of us pray versus how many of us get frustrated? Or how many of us pray once or twice, don't see a change, and then say, well, clearly that's not working. That's obviously not going to work, so might as well stop doing it. It's a trap that we can't fall in. If we don't spend time with God, if we have no relationship with God, how can God hope to lead us? Why would God know what it is that you specifically need if you don't tell him? I realize that God's all-knowing. I realize that God's all-powerful, but he wants to be in relationship with us. I'm going to say this because my wife left because my baby is like incarnation of Satan this morning. Uh, just being honest about that. But uh, sh- we have this thing where I tell her like, listen, you tell me what it is you need and I will do it. But I cannot read minds. Like you hope that something would get done or you kind of wanted something to get done. That's great. But if it doesn't get done and you didn't communicate that to me, I'm not going to take the blame for it. It's a struggle that we've had in our relationship. Now, I have worked to get better at paying attention, taking little subtle hints, uh, being present in the moment so that I can know some of these things that she's kind of hinting at. Um, But also, it's so much easier for both of us if you would just say, hey, do the dishes, please. Now, I know you need to do the dishes, but we're both doing stuff all the time. So it's, it's like, hey, could you help me with this? Yes, I will do it. Yes, I will do it, right? My wife mows our yard. It's one of those things that if I let it, can maybe be emasculating. There's a reason she mows our yard. The last time I mowed our yard, I ended up having to have a back surgery. Okay, our yard is all kinds of uneven and weird, and and my back just doesn't handle it well. And so it was a really hard conversation for me to have, not from a standpoint of her being like, no, I don't want to do it, because the way my wife thinks, she's like, mow the yard, great, it's a good workout, I'll do it. Lots of steps, pushing, hard, cool. But for me, it was a hard conversation because in my mind, it's just like this is something that I have to do. Like I'm the one that's supposed to mow the yard and sweat and be gross and all that stuff, right? It's not that she didn't have a problem helping me out or giving me what it was that I needed. It just needed to be communicated to her. 
Sometimes we don't have because we don't ask. We don't see because we just haven't told God, this is what I would like you to do. Now, there's four things that this verse makes very clear that we must do when we pray. First, we must pray for our own needs. This is the petitions, right? Where it talks about offer petitions. We should ask God for the things that we need. This goes deeper than, Lord, let me get a good parking space. I'm sure that if that's the communication that you have with him on a daily basis and that's it, things don't always work out real well for you. But I will say that I think that that can be part of your daily communication. If you're having this ongoing conversation, could really use a good parking space right now. It's raining or whatever else. But it's so much deeper than that. It's God, I am lacking in this area spiritually. I am lacking in this area financially. I'm lacking in this area emotionally. Show me your will. Show me your way. Show me how I can improve in these areas of my life so that I can be more like you, so that I can be better than you. Bring me to that type of place. Matthew 7, 7 through 12. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then... Though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven good, give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. These are the petitions. We need to ask God to work on our behalf. I know so many people that struggle with this. I know so many people that struggle with this. They have no problem praying for other people. They have no problem praying for a need for someone else when they see that. They have no God, problem even offering God thanks. But when it comes to a personal need, everybody says, well, God's got bigger problems than mine. But nowhere did it say, you know, the book of misconceptions, seven twelve. God's got bigger problems than yours. Somebody else ask. Right? doesn't say that. By the way, there's no book of misconceptions. This is a joke. One of my Bible professors always used to say. Okay? But nowhere does it say that your problem is too small or too big for God. God wants to hear about your needs. God wants to be in a relationship with you. And you have a duty to pray for yourself. Now we can do this on a personal level. We can do this on a corporate level. We can do this as a thing together. God, let our church see this. So if we want to grow as a church, it starts with us praying for growth. If we want to serve, at, be a church that serves, it starts with us praying for opportunities to serve and then praying that people will get off their butts to take those opportunities and actually do what's been laid before them. Is that too harsh? Maybe too harsh. Having said that, I don't apologize. Love you. Okay? If we want to see change, we need to pray about that change. We need to pray about that change. I grew up by a church called Broadway Baptist. It's now Crossway. If you go down 44 towards Marshfield, it's ginormous. There were times where, and I mean when I grew, lived by, like I could see their parking lot every Sunday morning. There was a period of years where they had in their big building that they had on Broadway, it was a pretty big building, they had 10 cars a Sunday. How they kept it open, I don't know. I don't know. And they talked about when they started to see growth, the reason that they started to see growth was because every morning they would be in their basement as a group and they would pray for it. God, give us growth. Show us the way. Show us what it is that we need to do. Help us grow the kingdom. And they started to grow. They started to grow. And then they plateaued and things actually started to go the wrong direction for a while. And they were like, what's going on? 
And I was in, in their church one Sunday when uh, Pastor Eddie Bumpers, who's there, was talking and praying. And he said, we were asking this question, what's wrong? What's happening? Why are we going the opposite direction? And there was this elderly lady who raised her hand up in the back. And he said, what, what's the issue? And she said, well, it seems to me that when we stop praying, we stop growing. They got to this place where they were seeing everything they wanted. And so they just let that prayer go by the wayside. But we must pray with devotion and we must pray continually. And when they reverse that order, things begin again to sprout anew and, and grow like a weed. We need to pray devotedly. We need to pray devotedly. This is where it talks about prayers, offering prayers. See, the distinction between prayers here and the intercessions and the thanksgiving and the other, this is talking about devotion. It's talking about with regularity. We're supposed to do these things constantly. This is the day-to-day -day conversation. It's not when we're thanking God for something. It's not when we're asking for something for ourselves. It's not when we're asking for something on behalf of somebody else. It's just us talking to God, telling Him about our day. It's just that the constant part of us being in communication, of us being connected with God. Listen to these verses that talk about being a devoted follower of Jesus, a devoted prayer. Romans 12, 12, Be joyful in hope, patient in affection, and faithful in prayer. Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves okay, to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayer. Let's talk about the new church. What did they devote themselves to? The apostles' teaching, fellowship. Let's not forget that that's an important aspect. We need to be doing things together. We need to be hanging out with one another and having meals together, but in prayer. Acts 6.4, and it's talking about the apostles, and it says that we will give our attention to prayer and to the ministry of the Word, right? They, had, they got these people to do some of the other things that they had been doing so that they could just focus on prayer and dissecting the Word. A devoted follower of Jesus is somebody who devotedly prays. We must pray. It's not an option. It's not a suggestion. Okay? It's something that has to happen. We can't treat God like a genie who grants wishes. That's, that's a thing that's really hard for a lot of us, me included in life at times. We can't treat God like a genie who's there to grant wishes. We must be in daily conversation with him. It's not just when we need something. It's not just when things get real bad. It's not just when we want to be blessed with something. If we want to see change, it has to be every single day, throughout all hours of the day, even when it doesn't seem to be working. Prayer is constant. Prayer is constant. Who is more likely to help you? A person who's a mere acquaintance who maybe you see every now and then and exchange pleasantries or a person that you have built ties with, real relational ties with. You want to see change in your life, build a strong relationship with God. We must pray for others. We must pray for others. This isn't shocking to me. Intercession is the act of praying for others. Unsurprisingly, our relationship with God isn't fully about us. It's kind of one of the key tenets of our faith. God loves people so much that he calls us to serve them. One of the greatest ways that we can serve a person is by praying. Now, I will say this is not the only way we should serve a person unless it's the only way we can serve a person. Right? Some of us are older in age. Some of us have health issues. Maybe we can't stand all night at the community kitchen and serve meals. But maybe when the community kitchen is ongoing, we can sit at home and we can pray when it starts. 
and we can pray for those people that are there. There's always a way for God to use you, and prayer is the most important way that all of us can be used for His purpose. We need to be praying for other people. James 5.16, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. You guys all know the story of Job, right? Job was a man. He was very rich. He was very well off. He had everything to do. And Satan told God, the only reason that Job praises you is because you have given him everything. And so God tells Satan, hey, you can take it all away. And everything is taken from Job. And he handles it pretty well. I mean, he loses everything. His family, his possessions, all of it. And he handles it pretty well. For the most part, he manages, okay, to remain joyful in this situation. There's a small period where his friends are accusing him of being the cause of his destruction. You've received this because of your sin. And Job gets mad and says, that's not the case. And then God looks at Job and says, God, how dare you? Or God looks at Job and says, Job, how dare you? But then he also looks at his friends and says, by the way, he's right. He didn't do anything. And so his friends being wrong, God tells him that you have to go and offer these sacrifices and have Job pray for you. Now listen to this, Job 42.10. After Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. After Job prayed for his friends to be forgiven, he was blessed. Could it be that our blessing hasn't arrived because we are self-focused rather, on, rather than being focused on the needs of others? Could it be that we haven't received a blessing because our entirety of our focus is just on what we need and not fulfilling what it is that God has told us to do, which is to love other people and to serve other people and to pray for other people? You know, it's a common prescription for those dealing with depression and anxiety to serve others. When I was dealing with that really heavily and I was going to counseling for it, my counselor said, literally, he said, this is what I need you to do this week. I need you to find an opportunity to go and serve other people and to do so. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. For that which you give to other people, it will be given to you. For that which you pray for other people, it will be given to you. You know, there's a, there's a guy I like a lot, and he's a pastor. His name is Francis Chan. If, um, he's very popular. I'm sure you've at least heard the name if you've never heard any of his teachings. And one of the things he talks about is that if you're looking for a church and you want a church, right, and you're going, you're, there's a pastor, and he's so dynamic, and he's, he's just, like, on fire from stage and really inspiring and everything. I'm probably not, right? And he's just fantastic, but he doesn't pray for you. Like you go and you feel fed and everything's great, but he doesn't pray for you. But there's another church and you go and the pastor's like, eh, not the greatest. And you're not really feeling his delivery style, but you know, you know for a fact that he prays for you weekly. And he prays for your children, that they find God's will and that they, they find God's will for their life. Wouldn't you much rather go to the church where you know that the pastor is praying for you weekly, if not daily, and praying for your children, and praying for your prosperity, but praying for God's will in your life, and praying that, that God would just find a way to bless you and use you in the world. Honestly, that's what I want. Now, we all know the biblical answer. The biblical answer is, yes, that's what we would rather have. But so many times we go to a place because, man, the pastor is just on fire. 
Like he was entertaining and he's kind of funny and he's sort of handsome, a lot like me, right? It was a joke. I'm glad some of you laughed. Okay? But know that you are being prayed for every week. One of the first things I did when I took this job is I divvied up all the members and I sent you to elders and to team leads and I said, I want you to pray for these people every week. Now, I will be honest, I've done a poor job of checking back in on that, so I can't guarantee that it's happening for you every week, okay? But I want you to know that it is important enough for me, for you to know that you are being prayed for. That every week you are being lifted up in prayer, that God would use you that week, that he would bless you that week. Why? Because I think that it is foundationally the most important thing that we can do. I can be awesome up here. The band can be world class. We can have all the programs and do all the things and look great and sound great. But it's all empty and it's all hollow if there's no foundational prayer behind it. We must pray for one another. We must pray for our city. We must pray for our nation. We must pray on behalf of other people. We also, and this is the last thing I'll say, and I'll let you go. We all must also give thanks. We have to give thanks. I can't speak for you, but I will speak for me. I have been blessed in my life beyond anything that I could ever possibly hope to deserve. I have a beautiful wife who was stupid enough to marry me. I have two beautiful kids who have my bodily functions and pretty much everything else from her. Right? That was too much. That was too far of a share. I'm sorry. I, am, I apologize. My fault. Sometimes things come, filter doesn't catch them. Okay? But they're wonderful. I've got a, two great jobs. I've got great people who care about me. I have a wonderful family. I don't, need, I don't want for, or I don't need for anything. I don't know what that says. Like, I have everything I need. That's what I'm trying to say. I have everything I could possibly need. As you can tell, I'm eating well, right? I have a roof over my head. I have so many things to be thankful for. And yet, I'll be honest, I don't think I thank God enough. There's not enough times where I'm talking to God where I just say, God, by the way, thank you. Like, I don't need anything right now. I'm not asking for anything right now. I just wanted to say thank you for everything that I have, for everything that I don't deserve, which I feel like is all of it. Thank you. Because God can give and God can take away. And we never know what breath might be our last. But while I have been here, in my short 29 years of life, God has continually blessed me in ways that I do not deserve. A relationship is not all about taking. We must give too. And one of the best ways to give to God is to let God know that you are thankful for what it is that he has blessed you with. Ephesians 5.20, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We should always be thanking God for everything that it is that we have, and we cannot underestimate the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we pray, it should always be in the name of Jesus. 
Bible tells us that when we pray in the name of Jesus, it will be given to us. When you pray in my name, it will be given to you. So do not hesitate to use Christ's name in your daily prayers. And if you are not praying daily, fix it. I say that with love. All the love that I can muster. If you are not praying daily, fix that. Fix that. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this word. I thank you for what it's meant to me. I've always been a person who, quite frankly, has um, been proud of his prayer life. Uh, This week showed me exactly what it should have, that I have nothing to be proud of. I don't pray enough, and I don't thank you enough. And and while I pray for others, God, I struggle at times to pray for myself. And um, I too often just don't communicate with you to tell you about my day and to tell you about what's going on in life. And, and God, I need to do that more. I need to do that more because the truth of the matter is that no matter how much we pray, quite frankly, it, it can never be enough. It could never be enough. Lord, I lift this congregation up to you. I pray that you lay it on their hearts. Give them a heavy burden for prayer. Let it only lift when they focus and concentrate daily on what it is that you would have from them in that communication. Help us to be people who, yes, pray for our needs, but not just our needs, who focus on the needs of others, who look and say, I don't know if I can help in this situation, but I have a God who can. And so I'm going to lift that person up to them. Let us be confident to pray in your name. Let us be confident that the things we ask for will be given to us. Let us be confident, God, that you can make a difference because you can make a difference. I ask all these things in your son's name, in Jesus' name. Amen.